you will have what your faith expects. That's a funny title. So what do you expect? Expectations play a funny role in our lives. And uh, boy, oh boy, we have expectations, don't we? If you say no, you're lying. It's how it works. <laughs> Would you please bow your heads in a short word of prayer? Heavenly Father, will you challenge our expectations? Because they filter every part of our day through them. May we learn to adjust our expectations, to surrender them, to find a more hope-filled perspective on how to understand faith and expectations. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning from Val and Linda. Yay. Good morning. Hopefully you guys are doing okay. Henry Nowen, a New Year's devotional. I love this one. We must learn to live each day, each hour, yes, each minute, as a new beginning. I'm going to pause there for a moment. I remember um, years ago when our kids were really little and some of them were just born, you know, it's, we're talking about you know, day by day surrender, and Lori said to me all the time, it's instant by instant. You know, given all the changes and life changes and stresses in the home, it was, it was, it was real. So that reminded me of that. Each minute, a new beginning as a unique opportunity to make everything new. Imagine that we could live each moment as a moment pregnant with new life. Imagine that we could live each day as a day full of promises. Imagine that we could walk through the new year always listening to the voice saying to us, I have a gift for you. And can't wait for you to see it. Just imagine. It is possible that our imagination can lead us to the truth of our lives. Yes, it can. The problem is that we allow our past, which becomes longer and longer each year, (laughs) to say to us, you know it all. You've seen it all. Be realistic. The future will be just a repeat of the past. Pretty positive, huh? Try to survive it as best you can. There are many cunning foxes jumping on our shoulders and whispering into our ears the great lie. There is nothing new under the sun. Don't let yourself be fooled. When we listen to these foxes, they eventually prove themselves right. Our new year, our our new day, our New hour, become flat, boring, dull, and without anything new. So, what do we do? First, we must send the foxes back to where they belong in their foxholes. And then we must open our minds and our hearts to the voice that resounds through the valleys and hills of our lives saying, let me show you where I live among my people. My name is God with you. I will wipe away tears from your eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning or sadness. The world of the past is gone. Boy, how did we start the new year? Did we start grumpy or did you let them sleep? This is a big issue. 
in all of our lives, if we don't stop and pause and ponder this topic, you're going to miss a lot of joy. You're going to let negativity of the past keep guiding your expectations. And your expectations also kind of reveal some bad theology because of your expectation. Huh. Which leads me to this, what made me stop, pause, and ponder. Each one of these has to do with an expectation, whether subtle or blatant. I love this one from... Uh, Philip Yancey. Uh, an alcoholic friend of Philip Yancey once said to him, when I am late to church, people turn around and stare at me with frowns of disapproval. I get the clear message that I'm not as responsible as they are. When I'm late to AA, the meeting comes to a halt. Everyone jumps up to hug and welcome me. They realize that my lateness may be a sign that I almost didn't make it. When I show up, it proves that my desperate need for them won out over my desperate need for alcohol. Boy, oh boy, can you see the comparison in the church? We've done this. Oh, can't you just grow up and show up on time for once? My mom was late for everything, by the way. My dad, well, if my dad didn't do it, he was inside trying to say, hey, come on, and we'd be in the car, we'd reach over to the back seat and honk. We were that family, 10-minute late zenkers. And then my dad gets a certain sweaters on sale at Christmas from Sears because he worked there, all discount, but then all four of us guys walking with the exact same sweater. There's the zenkers, can't miss them. Late. It's very embarrassing. I hate being late now. But an expectation was there. Be careful which message you're sending. I'm speaking to myself here because I just remembered something that happened recently. I was like, oh, rats. This one's really deep. Once personal identities and entire social systems are built on top of a story, it becomes unthinkable to doubt it. Not because of the evidence supporting it, but because its collapse will trigger a personal and social cataclysm. By the time our intellect matures, we are so heavily invested in the story that we are far more likely to use our intellect to rationalize it than to doubt it. And this comes with our theology too. The narrative and story that you've been told your whole life about who God is or in your families who someone is and suddenly you find out something's different or not completely accurate it's sometimes easier to believe what you're told than have to work through the unlearning and the cleaning out the clogs in your thinking and expectations of how you look at somebody this is really good this one's good too you cannot see a reflection in boiling water you knew that, right? Okay. Similarly, you cannot see the truth in a state of anger. When the water's calm, clarity comes. Boy, this is a lesson for all of us all the time, isn't this? <laughs> when our, the emotions of our anger sneak in, reactions, oh yes, it's pretty wild. 
This was different. To love someone is to learn the song in their heart and sing it to them when they have forgotten it. This one really made me stop because I thought at first, that was a little bit flaky. You know, I do think that once in a while for some things. So that's a meme kind of whatever. But then I realized why this one bothered me. Because to love someone is more than our expectation of them. That really caught me off guard. I didn't see that coming. That came out of left field. It's like, oh, no. This, now it's not about the person's behavior or presentation. It's about me loving them and expressing the truth of who they are in Christ and seeing them with the eyes of Christ, not my human eyes or my history or the story I have in my back pocket. It's just different. For being so simple, it's like, wow. I posted this uh, New Year's Day, I think. It's from Michael LaFleur. He's a great guy in Toronto, Mississauga, who he brings up Baxter Kruger and uh, um, Brad Jerzak and others uh, to that church in Mississauga. He wrote this. As you journey through this new year, may you reawaken to the presence of divine love in and around you every day, very similar to the Henry Nouwen thing we just read, flowing through you like a life-giving stream to bring healing and hope to others. May you grow to know and enjoy what it means to be authentically human, genuinely yourself and fully alive. Imagine if this year we spent time giving the hope we have to others all year, moment by moment, where we train our reactions to react differently than we have for so many years. And the older you get, the harder it is. Hence why I love folks who are older than me who are teachable and make active changes and actually can change their mind when presented with new facts that they weren't aware of. I have great respect for that. Christianity should sound like my beliefs continue to deepen my love for others. Not the depth of my love for others is contingent on how deeply they conform to my beliefs. Ooh, ouch. Ah. I like this one. Ooh. The problem isn't believing the Bible is inspired by God. The problem is believing your interpretation is. I don't hear a single amen. Hmm. Well, amen. <laughs> it's funny. I do believe the scriptures are inspired. And it's our interpretations that are continually growing and changing and catching up to what the Holy Spirit is teaching us. And I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. Last, I think it's the last one? Yeah. If one man remains outside the love of God that at the end of time, it means that that one man has defeated the love of God, and that's impossible. This is William Barclay who wrote this. Think about that. If even one person's left out of the love of God, then Jesus failed. Jesus was not successful. We don't like to think like that. Anyway, that really got my expectations going. 
You will have what your faith expects. So what do you expect? Expectations, a funny thing. If, if we've learned something here at Hope Fellowship, expectations, um, well, let's say the word disappointment comes in once in a while. How many have ever been disappointed? Yes, I have. And unfortunately, a more accurate definition of disappointment is failed expectations. You had an expectation, and that expectation was not met. The problem is on your end, not the other end. Always. Even though you may have a good expectation, and you can argue till you're blue in the face that you're right, so what? Expectations and disappointments, they're tied at the hip. I remember years ago, I had uh, been sharing, you know, none of us can ever disappoint God. Well, that was a very new statement back when I shared it for the first time. And somebody literally got up and left and never came back. This is on a Sunday morning. They were appalled I would share that. Now, I've learned a couple things. At the time, it was a bit of a shock statement. You know, I believed it, but there's a more gentle way to say that now. There really is. And Jesus has no false expectations of you. That's why you can't disappoint Jesus. He knows everything about you, your weaknesses, your strengths, the ones he gave you. He knows your hiccups, your whatever, your tendencies. He also knows your learning curve and how long it's going to take for you to learn. And let's say we fail at a certain thing God's trying to teach us. It's like, the Holy Spirit's going, when you fail at this event, he goes, yay, that was number 78 failure. You have 344 to go. Yay. There's a knowing and a positive expectation about our journey. Sometimes we rush ahead and think we're trying to impress God. We're trying to learn something. Maybe we could stop trying so hard. And let the Holy Spirit bring those things to us. Might learn a little faster. I thought it was really good. Matthew 9. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. The story of Jesus healing some blind people. I find the issue of blindness is a big theme in the scripture. All through. It's blindness. Yep. As Jesus left the house, two blind men began following them. I wonder how they did that. Sorry, it's funny to me. <laughs> one, one translation says, somebody helped them. But I'm thinking, how they? <laughs> Just funny. Anyway, sorry. <clears throat> they began shouting over and over, Son of David, show us mercy and heal us. And they followed him right into the house where Jesus was staying. I wonder if they knocked. So Jesus asked them, do you believe that I have the power to restore sight to your eyes? And they replied, yes, Lord, we believe. Then Jesus put his hands over their eyes and said, you will have what your faith expects. Huh. And instantly their eyes opened. They could see. You will have what your faith expects. Expect 
expectation tied to faith. This translation is one of the few that ties those two together in a beautiful way. Then Jesus warned them sternly, make sure that you tell no one what just happened. <laughs> right. <laughs> but on a, listen, they just were yelling the whole way, hey, son of David, heal us, heal us. Like loud boys just all the way. They're, they're, they're following Jesus, yelling this constantly. Now, don't say a word. They don't know how to not say a word. But unable to contain themselves, they went out and spread the news everywhere. And if I remember correctly, Jesus had to leave the area because of that. Hmm. So Jesus engages with the real cry of a heart wishing to be healed, recognized faith, asked them, do you believe? They say, we do. Another story where Jesus asked, do you believe? He said, yes, I believe, but help my unbelief for whatever little, if, if I'm falling short on something, please help that reach to whatever level, make stuff happen. <laughs> we pray like that all the time, don't we? The First Nations translation, beautiful translation on this story. As creator sets free, Jesus left from there, two blind men followed after him. They were calling out to him, be kind to us, descendant of much loved one, David. The blind men, with the help of others, there it is, followed him into a house. Creator sets free Jesus, asked them. Then asked them, uh, to a house. Creator sets free Jesus, asked them, do you believe I can make your eyes see? Yes, wisdom keeper, was their answer. Guess what happens? <laughs> he reached out, touched their eyes, and said to them, your trust in me will make it so. Star Trek was not the first one to say make it so. A few of you got it. He had healed them, and they could see. This is a physical blindness. They were desperate. And they had heard enough about Jesus to, to think this is actually possible. Creator sets free. Jesus gave them a stern warning and said, tell no one about this. But in their excitement, they did not listen. They told news far and wide about Creator sets free. Jesus had done for them. Now, wouldn't you? Yes, I would too. Sorry, you beg for forgiveness later. <laughs> I know how some of you think. That works. But this happened. According to your faith, another translation says, according to your faith, so shall it be. That's more of a traditional wording. But I, I like this. Back, oops, back up. Um, I like this one. You will have what your faith expects. So that's my question today. What do you expect? What are your faith expectations? Because I tell you, mine are mixed up. I have expectations for all kinds of things. And I, I think mine are correct. Just like you think your expectations are correct. We don't speak from a place of, um, I know I'm wrong, but I'm going to say it anyway. N nobody does that. You need therapy if you do. <laughs> we speak from the place of confidence, from the knowledge we have. But I'm reminding you and I, 
We don't have all the knowledge. Jesus is the knowledge. He is the wisdom. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is your faith, too. That's the part we forget. We live by the faith of the Son of God. Every little measure of faith you have is a gift to you. You can't even be proud of your faith. Oh, I've got a lot more faith than that person. Oh, really? You have exactly the same faith. The source is Jesus. So maybe our pride and judgmentalism needs to kind of go out the window. Maybe our expectation of the kind of faith we think we have, maybe it's more simple than we've been told. I think it is. Let's take a look at some other scriptures that really zoom us in. I'm going to take a look at some Old Testament wisdom first. This is kind of cool. Great way to start the year with this. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I'll be joyful in the God of my salvation. This is this first part. It's like, nobody likes me. Nobody wants me. I'm going to the garden to eat worms. It's like this constant negativity. And we can default into that very quickly. All of us can. Some stay in it longer. Some, for me, I, I, I hit it. You don't hear me say it too much unless you live in my house. Then you might hear a little bit. <laughs> but the negative fear thinking can hit but it can also suck you into a spin cycle like a washing machine. It's time to unplug that machine, stop the spin cycle. You are wired for faith. So when we see bad things happen, look, that tree is not bearing fruit. Be all negative about it. Or there's no grapes in the vines. It's winter, buddy. I don't know. And then the fields are empty and barren, you know. Like you can, you can whine about whatever you want, and you might even be justified in your mind, your expectations. But when it comes to the faith living in you, the one we're supposed to be living from, Habakkuk, Old Covenant, lays a great picture and a reminder to us. Yet, I will rejoice. What I like about this text, there's permission, like David. David does this a lot in the Psalms. They're allowed to vent and say, here's what I'm seeing right now. In spite of what I see, I have faith that God is at work in places in my life and around me that I can't even see. I will put my trust in him, not the circumstances that are bringing me down. I'm going to tell you once more before I get up and go, don't bring me down. Three of you got it. Isaiah 43. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert, rivers, and the badlands. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over the old history. Oh, we're good at history, aren't we? Certain individuals are really good at recalling details, especially when you do something wrong. Talk to any married couple. I forgive you, but (laughs) it's crazy. We're not to keep dwelling. We're not to live there. 
Stop paying rent on those old memories. This, I'm not talking about recalling, yeah, I remember that time. That's different. But when it becomes something to consume and you visit that, that apartment a little too often of those old memories, the ones that you probably haven't been able to forgive, maybe 2024 can be about forgiving. That is the release of those memories. It really is. Not, it doesn't mean to literally not have them. I'm not saying that. That's, not, that's impossible. But it's not being consumed, and so your reactions and expectations to those memories can change. I've had that beautiful change in my life over the last couple of years with my mom. A lot of bitterness towards her for so long. And after a certain experience, I had this whole new feeling. The bitterness has left me, and I could not have planned that. I'll share that story another time, but oh my goodness, it changes you if you let it. New Testament. I'm not going to finish. But I knew that. So, Romans 8, 38 and 39. Expectations. I want to begin, I want to bring this one up because I think this expectation, if you have this as your foundation for 2024, you are not going to go wrong. This alone, what I'm about to read to you, can shape the foundation of everything you see and how you see things and how you see others. Passion Translation. Romans 8, 38 and 39. So now I live with the confidence that there's nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. Stop there. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Not your bad habits, not your bad thinking patterns, not bad behaviors, bad relationships. Bad history. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. That's why this giving up those old thoughts matters. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. That gives hope for the future, folks. Even if you think you can see the future, oh, this is going to happen, and you start to play out all these negative roles, which some of us do. Actually, a lot of us probably do. We say, oh, this is going to happen. Then if that happens, we've got to figure out what that happens there. Then we have to have a contingency plan for that. If that happens, if that person says this, then i got to think of this. But if it goes sideways, then I have to have this plan ready. It's exhausting trying to figure out the future. We're terrible at it. It's not our job. There is no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love. What a way to start the year. Which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. That's good news. So what do we need to remember? Remember, you are held safe. Remember, you are loved. 
Remember, you are protected. Remember that you are in communion with God and with those whom God has sent you. Remember, what is of God will last. Remember, it belongs to the eternal life. Oh, I like that. Remember, choose it, and it'll be yours according to your faith. <laughs> do you believe things can get better this year? Oh, it's going to be another bad year. Okay, Oscar, go back into your pail. Choose your attitude in advance. Choose in advance how you're going to think. For if you don't, old patterns or somebody else's patterns are going to rub off on you. You're to live your life, not somebody else's, and not your history. You live your new life that you have right now. That is the life of Christ. You will have what your faith expects. So what do you expect? <laughs> Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you what to expect. And I bet you you're going to find a peaceful, maybe even joyful response deep inside. Maybe not at once. Maybe in a couple of weeks. Who knows? But ask. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, will you change our expectations? Which means, will you change our beliefs? You've called us to. You've told us to repent, which is change our minds. So Father, show us where we need to change our minds. About you, about others, about our attitude, about our outlook, the messages we send from our energy to others, is it negative or positive? Will you show us? And may we be willing to learn and grow and change. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.